0: Welcome to another episode of Peers Over Beers, your favorite digital and social evangelist podcast with your industry veteran hosts, Chris Detzel. This podcast starts now. Well, welcome everyone to another Peers Over Beers. My name is Chris Detzel, and I have a super special guest, um, Annie Selfo. Annie, how are you?
1: Very good. Hi, Chris.
0: Nice to meet you, and this is the first time we've actually had a conversation ever.
1: Yes, that's correct. I'm (laughs) nervous. you guys are going to see the warm-up happening in real time. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having me, Chris. I'm really excited to be here with you today and to go a little bit deeper into community together.
0: Yeah, me too. And, um, you know, I I think when we were doing the, we call it, I call it the pre-show kind of getting to know you a little bit and you kept going on and on about this amazing stuff uh, that you're uh, about your life and how you got in the community I was like okay let's stop there because I want everybody to know about this because this is really interesting and before I do though do you like beer or anything like that is that not a thing I'm more
1: of a wine or cocktail lady so that's okay (laughs) that's all right
0: beer wine cocktails I'm you know, I've been drinking less beer as of late and been trying different cocktails, but I'm also doing some kind, you know, uh, some whiskey type, but tasting and buying some whiskeys and things like that, like scotch and whatnot. So
1: very um, manly of you, Chris.
0: <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs>
0: That's what I thought. I thought, Maybe I can be a little bit more manly and try the scotch stuff.
1: It's not so
0: bad, you know, so um <laughs> Well, hey, why don't we get started? And you know, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of uh, where you're from? Got how you got to be into the community atmosphere and all that stuff. You know, would love to learn more.
1: Awesome, thank you, Chris. So, um, well, my name is Annie. I'm currently serving as the head of community at Mind Valley. I have been in Mind Valley for over six years now, and yeah. in this role for about four years. Uh, So it's been quite interesting to see the evolution of community, even just in the past, like, five years or so, there's been Mm -hmm. tremendous uh, change in the industry. Um, But about myself, something that I really like to start with is that I'm the daughter of migrants. Um, Mm. I'm, I'm Italian. However, my family is from Albania, so I was born in Albania and then we moved to Italy when I was one year and a half. And that's where um, what I was telling you, sharing with you earlier, that that was my first probably moment where I understood the power of community because I was taken away from everything that was my familiar network and uh, put into a reality that didn't want us. We were the unwanted migrants. Mm. And um, that was majority of my life since I was 19 Um, and this is quite interesting because I was very um, very much into the theme of belonging because of this personal journey of mine and something that really allowed me to learn how to navigate social dynamics was understanding how to fit in in a place that doesn't want you. So at age 19, uh, with this journey of mine, I wanted to change the world. I found it a, quite an unfair place. So I moved to London. Oh, wow. I moved to London because um, as, I, as I said, um, I, I had to face the fact that if I wanted to go down this um, international relations path, which is what I wanted to do in Italy, being a foreigner in a place like Italy wasn't going to be... Um, Helping me in my career. So I wanted to move somewhere that felt a little bit more meritocratic. That's how I ended up in London, where nobody cared where I was from, which was extremely refreshing to me. Yeah. Um, And at the last year of my um, university, I was joining a competition called Your Big Year. And the prize for that was super cool. So we were, we were looking to select one person that would represent our generation and travel the world for free for one year working in social entrepreneurship projects. Wow. I was like, okay, I am in. Whatever I have to do, Pick I me. am in. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> wow. It was Yes, and it was created by an organization called World Merit. Um, very cool concept, the idea of bringing more of meritocracy inside of education instead of where you come from, which was super aligned with my path, as I just shared. Yeah, And i, I that was the first time I actually found out what it even meant to be inside of an online community, even though that was not really the name back then. And um, when I was trying to explain people uh, what that was about, the closest thing was a forum, you know, there was no such conception as the online communities. We're talking almost 10 years ago now. Anyhow, I, I go through the competition. I start falling in love with the network, young people from all over the world, they were writing books, starting organizations, and I felt so inspired, and that was the first time I really understood how important it is to be surrounded, really, by examples and stories that inspire you to transformation, and I fell so much in love with the organization that I actually dropped out from the competition, um, and I gave up the dream of traveling the world because I was offered a job to actually manage that network. Nice. Yes,
0: that's pretty awesome.
1: So um, that's how my journey into community started. Um, And then from there, um, love brought me to Brazil, where I actually lived for three years. And um, yes, and that was a completely different journey into community because I worked much more into the offline world. So um, alternative educational projects and co-working spaces. And then I bumped into mine valley, and that's where um, I moved to Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia, where I lived for three years. Really, went.
0: You've deep been into- all over the place.
1: Yes, I've been everywhere wow (laughs) yes and and from there um loved like again completely different reintegration process all of my life has been about rebuilding really community wherever I would go Mm. and now I'm in Tallinn Estonia which is currently my base so I'm back to Europe after a long decade in other continents
0: (laughs) I love it it's just so much uh you've just been so many places and had had to rebuild your life in a sense and all these different places built community and those kinds of things and, and then now you're you know you've been at this one company for a while now and it's yeah. kind of the same role what very fascinating it, it was it, so i'm curious how many languages can you speak four four languages what are they yes
1: um italian portuguese albanian and english
0: i love it you know uh so i'll, t- I'll tell you a little story because i just think it's so interesting is my uh, so the co-founder so i'm one of the co-founders of peers over beers and um the other person that uh was the co-founder his na- name was michael sandoval and whenever we started this you know we just were doing it as two friends we'd just get together and have beers literally and, and just talk about all things community i just wanted to be close to him because he was a good friend when i left the company that we were working for and he knew four or five languages one was spanish he's um from Mexico, uh, he's from El Paso, and uh, two was English, three was Portuguese, four is German, and then I think he was working on some other languages. Yeah. And it was very important to him, you know, to do that. And and what I found is, and, and you tell me if I'm wrong, but anyone from Europe or it seems like outside of the U.S. for the most part <laughs> uh, knows two, three, four, five languages. You know, when you're in the U.S., you might depending, but if you're an American, you might know one. <laughs>
1: Fairly, yeah, you know, yeah. So. I would say I mean unless you were born in the UK wherever else yeah. you are yeah. in Europe Fair. you're kind of forced to at least go bilingual so
0: yeah yeah <laughs> yes. no I, I think it's great because um you know just think about all the 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 things that you understand the the cultures that you can really uh th- there's very much of a positive to it I'm sure it's extremely difficult I don't know but um so I think that's great I I love it that's why I asked the question is is I'm just in awe of you know, folks that know several languages and and things like that. So it's
1: interesting because um, I actually can only handle three languages at the same time, mm-hmm. and kind of like the fourth, I could I could go between conversations in those three languages but if you mix in the fourth that's my limit and then yeah. i really need to make a massive mental effort to kind of take out the box of the fourth language mm,
0: that's so interesting <laughs> so
1: uh yeah it's uh, quite interesting to see what happens to the brain when it comes to languages
0: so something else and i know we're a little off but i think it's okay is so one time i worked at this company called copy SA and there's this uh, uh this company got bought by uh, a mexican company and so, uh, these guys came over from Mexico, and I was in the elevator just listening to one of the owners or the guy that bought it. And somebody asked him, So, you know, there's, somebody has asked him about the languages, and he goes, You know, the, this to, last night was the first time I dreamed in English, dreamed oh. something in English. And, and it was just, he goes, It was like, I woke up and I was like, What? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, you know, I guess that's whenever you know it's also kind of natural is when you start yeah. dreaming you know in, in that language
1: or when you start seeing say you bumped into a corner and really hurt yourself which language do you swear into <laughs> <laughs> or that i like exactly. that a... oh shit i mean or whatever exactly. else I'm exactly exactly so, that's, um, that's a, a nice indication
0: <laughs> i love it um <laughs> To, to bring this back around, I'm the worst at bringing them back around, so feel free to always bring it back around, too. But um, so at the current company that you're at, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, the maybe the company, but more so about the community and how you're building it and what you're thinking
1: about? Oh, yes. Cool. Um, so, well, Valley, it's um, truly our promise is for our students to be able to awaken their greatness. So it started with the intention of bringing to the world, everything that school doesn't teach you, which I find personally very fascinating. Like we live, for example, we have a course on how to divorce or better how to uncouple consciously. Wow. So things that, nobody ever tells you this is how you deal with it, you know. Uh, this is how you become a better parent. This is how you let go of a relationship that no longer works. This is how you start your business. Of course, we have more traditional stuff. This is how you tap into your intuition. So um, it's a very powerful place to be in because one of our main values is transformation. Mm-hmm. And here is where the community part start getting interesting. When it comes to your personal transformation, that tends to be quite a lonely journey. Yeah. I mean, it's you and your reflections. Um, and oftentimes, um, what I've noticed, you know, the most common question that we get inside of Mind Valley, probably to me, whenever we do a QA with our founder, Vision is always one of the top questions. People always ask, what to do when your family or partner is not in the same path of personal journey as you are. So for someone who has decided to look at the mirror and say, okay, I am no longer okay with the person or the behaviors that I'm showcasing in my daily life and I want to change, finding other people with whom you can actually share even the vocabulary of that transformation because that becomes mm. really tricky. You start literally communicating in a different language. You, you, start, you, you need someone who is in it for you. That's really the core of the community in Mind Valley because it it tends to be a very lonely journey. And even though we've come to great advancement when it comes to our understanding of mental health and promotion Mm -hmm. of mental health at work, it's still in many cultures, in many places, it still feels even taboo for people to say, this is what I'm doing right now, or this is what I'm focusing on. So that's, I would say, the core of the community. And what I really love is that we do that but you know when this healing space let's call it or like personal transformation space sometimes can get really heavy people are like yeah, down the trauma right. spiral and yeah. what I really love about Valley is that we do we do all of these while having a lot of fun so we're very famous mm-hmm. for our costume parties you, <laughs> you really need to check out our mm-hmm. festival called A-Fest Awesomeness Fest. Fest and Um, We throw amazing parties all around the world. So it's this combination of transformation and fun um, that had the community really come together. So specifically when we were hosting events, that's when we saw the strongest bonds happen. um, Yes. People naturally you're 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 sharing an experience. There's tons of research on this. You're sharing an experience, an experience that deeply transforms you. It does. It is designed to provoke transformation in you. It's not just knowledge sharing. That's that's the difference between learning. You just like write down the bullet points, but transformation. You come out a different individual, right? Uh, so sharing that and making it memorable um, with you know, fun elements in it, challenges in it. Um, even just coming up with the costume is a challenge on its own. You know what I mean? For our, Mm -hmm. our themed nights. That's what I want to back up. I want
0: to get a little bit more, because this is fascinating to me. Like, so, you know, one is when you go through a transformation like that, you got to think about all the emotions, you know, that go on in somebody's mind and heart and everything else. And like you said, it's it can be lonely and you kind of bring in those people together to make it not so lonely, but uh, I, I, I'm interested in the events piece. You know, you, you mentioned um, you do events, costume parties, all kinds of crazy, awesome things, you know, and I love it. And, but you, you know, cause I, I do think that that's where people bond face to face in these yeah. events and start, you know, and I think there's something there. And, and a lot of companies are doing this, but I want to talk a little bit more about that. You know, what, what kind, what one is, let me think through this because I think it's uh, and and you can just react to it is when I think of the events, you know, where are you having these events? Are they consistent events like throughout the, you know, in one place or in these different places, how do you manage those events? And then, you know, what, what, if you know, you don't have to know, but if there's ROI or how do you track it, how do you kind of think about, you know, what's the value to the company to do these things and and that kind of stuff or to the community, obviously we know the value to the community because they're, Bonding, they're talking, you know, and maybe they're talking about the company, you know, because it's huge um, awareness kind of thing. And they, and then they start becoming advocates and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. I said a lot of things. I don't know. Mm. I'm just very interested in the events piece more specifically around, you know, all that stuff that I just said, you know, where are you doing them? How are you doing them often in some of the same places and then different places and how does that go and how does that work?
1: So we tend to always change locations that's part of the variety element and also one of the ways in which we keep the community wanting to come back because mm. every time it's going to be a different experience. Um, and we also, the location, how we choose the location is very intentional depending on the event that yeah. we want to build. So the festival that I talked about has to be a jaw-dropping landscape. It has mm. to be a tropical or you know, exotic location that you would want to go on a vacation basically.
0: Sounds awesome.
1: But we also have another <laughs> another event. It is awesome. You absolutely have to come at some Maybe point. I and so. great. <laughs> There's this, this other event that we do, which is called Valley University, which was the, <laughs> one of the most challenging and also craziest ideas we've ever had. But from a purpose of community building, one of the craziest, most exciting experiments I've ever seen. So we do one event that lasts three weeks. Jeez. And there's a daily agenda from 10 a.m. to 4, 5 p.m. happening every day without, obviously, the weekends. Because in the weekends, we party. That's uh, already, I told you that. And we have three <laughs> parallel uh, tracks happening. So we have a, a track for kids, a track for um, teenagers, and a track yeah. for adults. So the idea was, what if we could take a whole family to actually learn and transform together instead Mm. of just going for a vacation where the parents are like lying and the kids hopefully have some activities to do. And nothing really truly outstanding comes of that in terms of memories because everyone is kind of doing their own thing. And here people imagine last time that we did this experiment in Tallinn, Estonia, where I am right now, we had 1000 people fly from all over the world and literally take over Tallinn for three weeks. Can you imagine <laughs> what that does in terms of community building? It's great. And how, I, I'm thinking
0: about know, the I'm, I'm thinking about like the backend stuff, like all the stuff that you have to do as a company to make that shit happen. Like it's it just,
1: insane. It's, I mean, it's insane logistically. Logistically, it's insane. However, um, in terms of ROI from these, I could tell you many things. Ooh, so tell me. Uh, we, <laughs> I mean, obviously, there, from a company perspective, there's content that gets created. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. all of these speakers, cool yes, all mm-hmm. of these speakers, everything that then goes on YouTube, social media. Yeah. That's number that's one. Great. Number two is authors, people that mm-hmm. we would want to have in our platform as authors actually fall in love with what we are creating because of the community. Yeah. Because it's a, it's a community that has a very unique DNA to it. Everyone is so warm, open, and friendly because everybody's so open to questioning yeah. where they are and changing, basically. So all of the authors say, oh my God, I feel like I've just walked into my family. <laughs> so yeah, and, cool. and it's
0: just, you can have that relationship even with the authors yeah. just asking questions. Hey, you don't, you don't mind if I put this on here? Oh no, go ahead. This is great. Oh my God. Such an emotional kind of lift. everybody wants to participate and be a part of and fairly easy for an author i would assume you know i mean it's never easy but it's it's but you know for me i have a b2b community that you know is focused in on this thing for organizations you know it's good but it's not so emotionally charged you know what I mean? And it's not, well, let me tell you about my master data management project. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, it's a bore in a, in a way, you know, not, not to say others don't want to listen to that, but it's, it's not the same kind of emotionally charged and, and spiritually influenced kind of stuff that you're doing, which sounds phenomenal.
1: Yeah, and that, that becomes also a very big incentive for the community to come together, because imagine yeah. if you transform my life, Chris, and I took your mm-hmm. course, and because of you, I've redefined the relationship that I have with my own self, then I will be looking forward to meeting you and telling you this yeah so for the community becomes a moment to finally meet people that have gone through the journey with them people that have allowed them to transform um and on that perspective again in terms of business values obviously we have uh retention being the biggest one that we want to look at yeah um and um you know stickiness in the app all of the things that kind of like the boring stuff (laughs) that we will have to report on in terms of how how are, are how are our events impacting monthly active users daily active users uh what's uh can we draw any correlation between attendance in events and retention Yeah. so i have to say we don't have all of the formulas down so it's, it's hard still, that's a hard I mean,
0: one so it, I don't think anybody hard. truly has it down by the way any I mean uh,
1: thank but, you for letting me know that's reassuring I'm not the no, only one <laughs> don't
0: don't feel bad like but it's a struggle that you know all community leaders have is it, it, it all depends on what your goals are but you know retention is a good one but it's very hard to track you know because you know community can influence those things I don't think that you know And and it feels like that something like what you have can influence it heavily because, you know, people are sharing their experiences. People are, you know, uh, and maybe that's, that's everywhere, but still trying to prove it out because there could be many factors, right? Like maybe they don't retain, they don't come back because maybe they ran out of money or, you know, because these trips probably aren't that cheap, right? You know, but no, seriously, like uh, it's just like like a company,
1: you know, a thousand things. Yeah,
0: a thousand things can happen, right? So it can be an influence. And so I think you have to remember that is community is going to be more influential over that stuff. And how do you prove it? And there's ways to prove it, right? Maybe get a data scientist or data person that really can help you push data mm-hmm. in from your community over to, you know, some uh, uh, BI, you know, like Microsoft BI or Tableau or whatever, but just and so you can kind of track it and look at it. And for the most part, you know, I would love to say, when community members engage in the community, when they reply, when they like, when they speak, when they do certain things, they, re- not re- they renew at higher rates. They, they don't just renew, they renew higher and they buy more. And so yeah. the cross-sell, upsell stuff is there, opportunities there, you know, and so maybe that's true, but can we prove it? Is it, and, and so that's a hard thing, you know, the, the company has to invest in those really smart people to prove some of that out, you know, uh, and that's part of our jobs as community leaders in my opinion not to say it's all on us but um is to prove it you know like
1: absolutely and it's absolutely. hard that is hard and actually that's probably one of the biggest challenges that i'm facing right now in this yeah. role yeah. together with okay we put together these these events that are magical
0: yeah and
1: uh, there if i'm not mistaken um for the festival i told you about. 89% of our attendees say that it has been one of the best experiences of their lives. So we are talking. When I say they're magical, I'm not just saying. You know, um, believe it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not an overstatement. And how do you replicate that throughout the years? Because when the moment where we have to close events becomes very Mm. emotional for everyone in the community because they've literally stepped into a reality that doesn't exist in their daily life. Mm. And this is where the opportunity and the challenge is right now for me and my team. Is there any way in which we can recreate even if it's just a fraction of that magic, yeah. All around the world, so I know um, I was reading the CMX uh, industry report on community recently, and I think there's been 13% increase compared to last year to companies that are gonna invest in community led events. Seems to mm-hmm. be one of the biggest trends for 2022. Definitely, we're part of that. Um, yeah. And with this very big question in mind, and on top of it, linked to what we were just talking about, okay. And how am I going to prove the value of that? So, if I have ten people that are going to go mastermind together, uh, for example, um, then then what? Then what for the company? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I think that um, you know, I'm sure for your company, especially you know, there's been kind of a transformation of with COVID and everything else because people were so mm-hmm. used to going to events to, like that to not going to events. Hopefully some of that changes, Um, you know, what, what have you been doing for the last two years, you know, to kind of keep people engaged and involved, you know, from a community standpoint?
1: Well, all of that was, we tried to translate it in the online. Obviously I'm not, I I think we have all found this out. It is not the same. (laughs) It's not the same. However, it did open some interesting opportunities. For example, we never really knew how important it was for our customers that they actually spoke about their transformation in their own language. So Mm. I'll give you an example. Our Spanish market went insane when it came to online community events, Mm. because finally, they didn't have the, the language barrier and they felt like I can talk about what what's going on in my life with someone else in my native language. And that feels incredible. Yeah. Um, something else that we discovered. So was that we always gave a lot of importance to the authors because obviously they are outstanding and they have so yeah. much to share. But what the community started loving is when they were put on the spotlight. Yeah. So now that it was community led, obviously they couldn't count anymore on all of these big names. So they started sharing each other's knowledge, wisdom, and bringing each other on stage, quote unquote, on the virtual stage. And that's what they really loved because they started feeling seen and in the spotlight with what they had to bring to the game. Now, All of that, we are looking at how do we create a platform where we can enable community even more. So obviously some of the trends, can we look at AI matching with Mm -hmm. what we're doing? Can we look at creating smaller groups where people choose themselves, as I said, based on language, based on the time zone that they are, so they don't have to wait for an event to meet each other. They can actually take the journey in a more facilitated way among themselves. And that was also one of the things that we learned throughout these years was we took ourselves out of the picture more and more as community managers yeah. and we let the community lead themselves through their own transformation. So you just gave our, them the
0: tools and things like yes. that to do that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And our ambassador program, our super user program has been the biggest pillar of my department since forever, basically, because it became impossible to be able to, because this community speaks about such emotional topics, they yeah. demand a level of witnessing of their transformation that it's impossible. We're talking today, we have over 80,000 members in our membership. You wow. can't, you, I, I, I'm, unless the whole team becomes a community team, you just cannot deliver yeah. that. And that was, uh, that was one of the biggest investments. That so you we don't had. have a
0: choice, but to be community led in a lot of ways, true. right? Like yes. it's, it's kind of a buzzword today. And, and I, I it's not that I don't disagree that community shouldn't be community-led. But I mean, you know, like when I look at companies like mine is sometimes I know what the community needs in the beginning, and then you just let it grow to kind of then see how it forms, right? You know, like, and I think that, you know, a lot of organizations, believe it or not, it's, it's pretty much community-led. Now, if you don't allow it, the way I see it is if you don't have, you know, content that is relevant, that's engaging, that's helpful to them, then that's when you fail, right? And if you're not consistent at it, and if you're not listening to those users over time, then, you know, that's definitely not community-led. But, you know, if you continue down the path of, you know, one is, and I love how you you have a lot of members and they're sounds like they're super engaged and you're giving them the tools to be more community-led as it gets bigger and as times have changed a little bit, hopefully you can become a little bit more you know, organized or event focused again, where it's face-to-face, but there's still going to be some of that, both virtual and re- which is kind of a good thing. Think about it. Like yes. a lot of times when you go to these onsite events, it's hard to get those people into the the online community space, you know, and, and start talking to each other about those experiences. The last two years, like it or not, we're all forced to kind of think about things virtually in, a, uh, in that way, you know, and, and I think to me, it's kind of good. I mean, it changed a lot of things like here in the U S like online groceries that, that was thought about 10 years ago, but they just couldn't figure it out and do it. But now it's a thing, like you can get yeah. everything online and do everything online. So, you know, communities have been online for a long time, but how do you bring that offline to the online? And so it sounds like you guys did some of that. Anyways, this is fascinating. You can keep going if you have other stuff, cause this is, I'm just loving it. <laughs>
1: Uh, well, so I I have to admit, Chris, so, you know, we were talking, me and you at the beginning in the pre-show about this video you saw about where I was talking about the importance of activating hearts in community rather than platforms. And I absolutely stand to that still. And I have to compliment that by saying that the biggest challenge I've had Um, once all of these hearts in our communities have been activated, when you don't have the proper platform that allows for these micro gatherings or choosing each other or coming through the community, so you really find your person in there, that was very tricky in the past two years, because that synchronicity that would happen in events where you just Mm. see each other and you're like, I yep. feel you. I feel you, Chris, yep. like me, and you really have to talk. Let's go. Let's grab a beer. Yeah. Replicating yeah. that in the online world. without Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still did, kind of, right?
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> that was uh, that was quite tricky. So uh, I'm looking forward this year to seeing more development on the tech side for, for Mindvalley, yeah. so we can get that synchronicity happening in the online world with the same Not with the same strength, maybe, but with a similar pattern of what we see in our events.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, I think the positive is hopefully COVID is kind of going away ish, you know, maybe never goes away, but we just learned to live with it in some ways. Um, You know, and and then you can do a little bit of blended, you know, and and obviously for you guys, those amazing events are going to be probably crucial, you know, to get back going, you know, I would think just because it sounds like a lot of fun. Do you guys use as um, a, a platform that allows to do allows you to do that? That's outside of uh, Mind Valley, or is there something? Um,
1: I, you mean for hybrid events, or yeah,
0: yeah? Do you use kind of something there to track different things and allow people to connect and all that kind of stuff?
1: We are currently looking at Bevy yeah. as um, as our potential platform for that. It's probably going to be. To be honest, I, I found it an extraordinary platform that was built for community managers yeah my point of view it's a dream come true so let's see Um, now that we're gonna kick off the offline strategy with these uh, mini gatherings around the world community led then we will definitely be looking at okay how can we optimize this technology wise and make it easier for our community to advertise their own events and bevy kicked all the boxes in that sense but we, the majority of our tech is built in-house. Okay. Yes, because it's built around the, our own app and the content. Yeah. So that's also what has made it a little bit slower in terms of yeah. development because the integration with the existing yep. infrastructure system is quite... Uh, it's always quite difficult. A, yep.
0: <laughs> well, anytime yes. you have, you know, you build your own... One is when you have your own product, for example, and people use it somehow, some way integrating that into a third-party platform is is always tough. And the reason is is because it might not have been built for that at first, right? And so mm. now the the engineers and things like that kind of have to go back and do some things inside the platform and, you know, and, and that takes a while. But, um, but you know, the, the nice thing about these third-party technologies for the most part is that they can connect one way or another through APIs or some other yeah. ways, you know, to it's still not easy, right? Like, you know, how do you, like when you think of, you know, Salesforce is kind of the easiest way to think about it is, you know, when um, like I use a company called HireLogic for my online community platform. And, you know, like you've said, platforms, they do a lot of the same stuff. So, I mean, you know, that's, it's important, but it's not the single most important thing. And, and I really loved how you mentioned really? the hearts are the, but, you know, you still, to some degree, need some of that technology to manage it and stuff like that. And so, you know, that can connect directly to Salesforce and push like the engagement things that you want, you know, like I was looking at this thing the other day to where I know I'm getting off a little bit, but, you know, my assumption is Bevy can do some of these things to, into your platform and, or, you know, into your CRM and things like that to bring engagement numbers into Salesforce mm-hmm. to where now you can create this dashboard into Salesforce or, you know in your product or whatever, you know, so people can see at the end of the day, you know, these people are engaging, these people aren't, these are the things that we're doing, you know, these are the people we need to go with because of our super user program. We now have more insights and things like that night. Now others can have um, access to that information so that you don't have to do all these presentations internally to always...
1: Yes. and
0: everybody else to, you know, so at the end of the day, yes. if you make your life easier, the better. And, and I like yeah. that. So, All
1: about the dashboards.
0: <laughs> it's always so, about the
1: dashboards. Please, you've talked to a lot of community builders and I'm yeah. wondering, was there, is there someone that you've talked to that you felt really had this part figured out when it came on this online, offline ROI measuring? Was there someone that really stood out for you?
0: Yeah, I think a, a few folks um, kind of stand out. Um, uh, this guy, Scott Wilder, um, he's he's a been a leader in the community space for a long time. Um, he's actually going to be on Peers Over Beers later today um, mm. again. So he's been on Peers Over Beers, super smart dude. He, he doesn't have it all figured out, but none of us do. But he's done some really cool things in the past uh, and into the future uh, at the, the companies at now. So I think he he would be a good person to talk to. I think that you know when you look at uh, folks like uh, Nicole Saunders from uh, um, Zendesk. So she's the director of community there. She has um, you know user groups. She has an online community. She has those things uh, and, and other uh, things that you know operate. She's building. She has an operational person that kind of builds those dashboards and things like that. So that's a person oh, to wow. talk to.
1: Nice. Yep. That sounds like a dream come
0: true. It takes time. I mean, she has a team of four or five people, right? You know, and uh, over time, she can start. I mean, she look, she, she started all the way from just her, you know, and so over time, she's starting to build a team that has those people. And I think the key is, and is, is that you can't do this alone. So at the very least, you have to find somebody in the organization to partner with to help you do that, right? So, could, yeah. like, to me, when I start looking at that, uh, so I now report into the CMO directly, so the chief marketing officer. And so the nice thing about them or about that team is is that they have this really – the nice thing about digital, when you think of like you know the main website, they're always ch- unique data, 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 and they're always connecting systems together to get the data and all this stuff. So we have a guy that does all that, and I'm trying to get on his radar, which he knows it. <laughs> he knows <laughs> me well, but – to help build some of those things and there's this other operational guy within marketing that um i'm partnering with to slowly but surely push in like i, I do a, a ton of virtual events that go deep inside our products show people certain things And so when people register for an event that goes directly into marketo but that then goes into salesforce to now start looking at and it's just fairly new start looking at um uh when an active customer uses the product, you know, or, you know, is there, is there kind of similarities or is there something there to say they're buying more because they are um, community influenced yeah. Yeah. Um, a potential upsell, cross sell or renewal, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And then are we getting leads directly from the community itself, you know, from the events that I'm doing and stuff like that. So I'm starting to do some of that, but I think that, you know, it's slow going because they have other priorities and I don't have a full-time person to do that. So,
1: yes, that's, uh, that's always, it It feels to me that fight is always, um, we don't have the data, therefore it becomes hard to prove the business value. But because we don't have the business value, then we're never in the priority list. And there's always something that is easier to measure that that's gets right. prioritized faster. So that's just a big, kinda... I believe, everyone's struggle with community.
0: Yeah, and, and I, I think you just, and I don't have all the answers, but I do think you just got to continue to push, you know, and and, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I heard one CEO say, look, you know, I just know it's valuable. You know, uh, I'm not Mm -hmm. saying that you shouldn't, you know, show some value and things like that, but you know, there's just some things you can't track, you know, you can't track every little thing. I'm not saying you shouldn't track things and try to get to a perfect place. You know, like when you look at some of these support communities, they're tracking, you know, uh, case deflection or call deflection, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And that's hard enough. You know, it's funny because you start talking to these some of these community managers that are a little bit young and they're like, oh, used to case deflection was a thing. It's actually a really big opportunity there. So I wouldn't call it just a thing. You know, I would say <laughs> that's a huge ROI. You know, you start building the community around that at first. You know, I'm talking probably like it's a little different community there. But the um, point is, it's like, that piece is tough, and, you know, if you just keep working at it, it will take years. Um, maybe you'll never get there, but it is important, you know, because here's the here's what happens, and is your leaders sometimes leave, right? And you're there yeah. to then kind of say, what is the value? Then you got people that don't understand community, and then you're like, what is the value again? And and if you have the proper ROI, well, here's what we've done last year, here's what we've done the last few months, this is what... Boom, boom, boom. They're like, oh, maybe we'll keep this thing. You know what I mean? Yes. It's just the way that life is. Uh, You know, four or five years down the road, you're doing awesome, doing all this stuff. Get a new CEO, get a new leader and and CMO. I don't know, whatever you report into, they want to change everything, you know? Um,
1: And that's really the cool stuff. So there are a lot of Mind Valley would be probably boxed into the ad tech type of business. And this is the one. Thing that we're extremely proud about, there are not many ad tech companies out there that get 1000 people to fly into a city to be together for three weeks. I think we're yeah. kind of the only one who's managed to, to get something That's crazy like awesome. this together. And we know, we know for a fact that community is our competitive advantage. It's just Mm -hmm. that it's the the loyalty that. that gets created to the, with the brand. It's something that it's incredibly hard to measure. As you said, how do you measure your customers shine in their eyes when they walk out of the event? You don't. It's well, you can, okay. You can have MPS. You can see how many of them were returners. You can see how many of them, I don't know. Uh, the emotional part is hard already, to capture, but you can't, you cannot. And that's what makes them stay. It is really yeah. seeing how their eyes are shining at the end of an event that makes them have a bond to mind Valley that they cannot compare to any other company out there. Love so that. that's really, to me, it's, Whenever I, I think about this, we, as you said, we all know, we all know because, I mean, I don't think Coursera or Udemy can claim that, you know, they're bringing together 1,000 people for three weeks to live together and experience life together. That's quite a bold claim on our side, uh, even though they're incredibly com- incredible companies that we often look up to when it comes to what they're doing in the industry. But it is community is the one thing that to me, it really sets us apart.
0: I think that, you know, it's hard to to capture the motion. I agree. But, you know, with video out there and, you know, writing certain things, case studies or, you know, quotes, it seems like a fairly um, easy thing to do, especially after they come off that high. You capture, like, right after, you know, the last day. Hey, look, 20 people line up. Quote here, quote there, video here, video there. You know what I mean? Like, this is one during of the things so.
1: I didn't mention actually, Chris, but a big part of community value for the company, I didn't mention about this. We have something that is called the Stories Platform, where yeah. we gather the stories of transformation or also known as testimonials. We have 15,000 of them.
0: <laughs> so you're not lacking any. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love it.
1: So, we have literally a person who is called the tribe storyteller, and her role is to be able to. I I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we come up with some like interesting names. So, the tribe storyteller. But 15,000 15, people sharing, this is how my life has transformed since Mine Valley. That's talk about advocacy with your customers as a business value that can come out of community. I mean, mm-hmm. Obviously, marketing loves all of the stories. Yes. And what's really cool is because the volume is so high. Imagine that, for example, you're in the U.S. And when you go into our website, you see transformation stories that come from the U.S. exclusively. And yep. for me, I see other Italians who are living in Estonia talking about how mine values change their lives. So, again, there are many things that we can measure when it comes to how powerful this community building is from a business perspective it's just the thing that I found the hardest is isolating that this is exclusively because of community yeah
0: yeah stuff yeah. well yeah just you know uh I'll uh, there's one uh, I don't know if you know who rich Mollton is um, yeah,
1: I love Rich yeah. is like my go-to person for community. <laughs> He's Everything I've learned about data-driven community management, I owe it to Reach. So absolutely. Yes. So
0: he has this case study out there, which you know is kind of dangerous. But this company was willing to turn off, in this case, SEO. You know, because it's an online community. Um, so and and to where. When people searched, they, um, they couldn't find what they were looking for from the community. Now, you still have people that knew to go to the community, so that never changed. But a bulk of that traffic came directly from uh, SEO or you know, Google search. And so um, and it's important because they turned it off for, I think it was six months, and the cases went up and everything else. And so there was a direct link to value of community whenever SEO was turned on, to when it was turned off to where, you know, cases went skyrocket up and everything else. he never never mm. tell me who it was, but that case study was phenomenal. And, you know, and they can tie ROI, they could tie dollars to it and everything else. So, you know, the, the question is, what happens when you turn off community, right? You know, I'm not saying to do Oof. that because, you know, it'd be a tough one, but, you know, if you turned it off, you know, if you just think about turning it off and you kind of present that thing, well, what if we turned it off? What do, you yeah. think the, what do you think would happen if we turned off community? So no more case studies, no more trips, no more people talking to each other, you know? So I think when you put it in perspective at the end of the day, you know, um, and then have those testimonials, those, those are really a good thing. And, and I think that, you know, let's just keep that in mind, especially what you've built there is phenomenal from what I can tell and from what you've said. And, you know, I'm, I'm amazed and, and, I, I want to go on one of these trips
1: yeah I mean we, we have two coming up soon so we're gonna go to Jordan in May Ooh. and then we are repeating the experience in Estonia in July so there are two big events coming up and you know the other thing um, Chris was in in the story there in the history of me in mind Valley yeah one of the things that we've seen um, contribute very positively in terms of business value was, community being mentioned many times in our mps scores mm. as yeah. a positive like even like two or three points extra in mps exclusively due to community because actually when you look at transformation there are some very strong uh, studies on how do you deliver transformation through content experiences yeah and there are five elements um they're very academic like a critical reflection yeah. and etc etc there are five of them but no, the number three is called social discourse and it basically if you want to deliver a transformative experience to your customers there has to be a space where they're sharing their experiences and that is what social discourse is about so luckily for me in a way we cannot we're in the business of transformation it cannot we know for through academical studies that it is impossible to deliver transformation unless you include social discourse into that. Mm. And that requires sharing among peers that are undertaking the same journey. So even though there is no number attached, we, at least we have big academics saying that this works for what you guys want to do for your brand promise, you got to do community.
0: Love it. This, is, this has been really great. Uh, really appreciate you coming on today and, uh, you've got me inspired. You know, um, it's, I asked about the events, uh, uh, because I'm thinking about, so not to bring this back around to me, but I was thinking about that too. So I wanted to, to dive into that a little bit more to kind of think about how I want to structure, um, you know, my CEO said this to me yesterday, it was literally yesterday. And so it's got me thinking a lot and this is timely conversation for me personally, uh, and, and work wise. He said, so yesterday I had this ask me anything as a virtual event. And, um, it was with our, uh, CTO and founder, not our CEO, but our CTO and founder. And, um, you know, I think we had 110 people on the, which to me was pretty good, but, you know, a little over half of those were employees and the rest 50 or 60 were, you know, customers, partners, and prospects, that kind of stuff. I thought, Oh, that's pretty good. He said, well, in my CEO I see it different <laughs> it's like and he oh. goes I think events and community driven events um should bring should be bringing non-employees we should be bringing thousands literally thousands a year of people to events thousands we should have hundreds of events that allows us to bring these thousands of people here you know and it wasn't a direct kind of thing to me you know is it was direct thing to me because he believes i'm the guy to lead it but you know it's to the organization to say you know these events these kind of connections these could be on site could be virtual we need more we need to do more we need to bring more people to uh to start building that brand equity building that brand kind of awareness and and things like that and that's what you guys have done which i think is phenomenal area I mean you've you've done an amazing job and and thank you for sharing today
1: thank you Chris and I really have to actually acknowledge that a lot of this work was initiated and happened for many years exclusively run by our events team so community was born after in in Valley as a department but events team was already on it for almost half a decade by the time community was born and bringing this magic together so a lot of what we have learned when it comes to that was driven by our events team learning how to deliver magic yeah it's quite an interesting formula and i hope you guys will will figure out your own at peers over beers how do you deliver (laughs) your own in magic formula when you bring people together
0: yeah this is great well Harry, thanks so much for Coming on Peers Over Beers. I'm Chris Detzel and
1: Thank you, Chris. And I'm Annie (laughs) Salfo.
0: Thanks so much. Thank
1: you so much and hope to see you soon then.
0: Me too.